Greetings. You are listening to the podcast of Ignitus Ministries. This is your host, Pastor Tom Fillinger speaking, and we want to say that we appreciate those who listen to each and every session of these podcasts. Uh, They are posted on the 1st and the 15th of each month. So we invite you to encourage your friends in ministry to also listen. Our prayer is that the content of this podcast is both encouraging and beneficial to you in the ministry that you lead. The focus in today's podcast is how to listen to a sermon. I'll do a quick review from the podcast that we did on April 15, which was on the definition and importance of ministry assessment, and then we'll consider the process and importance of how to listen to a sermon and why that matters. In the April 15th podcast, I addressed the fact that the church, most churches, have become a quote-unquote preaching station. So let me define what I mean by this characterization and why it matters so much. The purpose of the church, every church, is to make disciples. So this requires, it literally demands, that the ministry of the local church provide the resources and equipping that God uses to transform believers into the image of Christ in both character and conduct. People are changed. If there is no transformation, that is exhibit A, that there has been no regeneration. The profile of most, nearly all evangelical church services, follows a well-documented pattern. This includes greeting those attending, some singing, a brief prayer, and perhaps receiving an offering, and then the sermon. Let's assume that the sermon is theologically, exegetically, hermeneutically sound. When the sermon is finished, there's typically another hymn and a closing prayer. Why is this deficient? Because simply listening to a sermon, rarely, if ever, produces transformation because most sermons are lacking what I label the quote-unquote so what factor. I will explain this as we cover how to listen to a sermon. Fifty years ago, the people attending church services had at least a measure of biblical literacy. They had a basic understanding of biblical terms such as regeneration, salvation, sin, and a host of other biblical terminology. This, my brothers, is no longer true. Biblical literacy has declined and prevents an essential result in preaching, what we in Ignitus Ministries refer to as applied theology. 
It is not the preacher's task to make application for the listener. It is, however, his responsibility to, notice this, quote, lead out into the open, end of quote, the meaning of the text he has just proclaimed. This is known correctly as exegesis. This concept is clearly demonstrated in John's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 18. That verse reads as follows, No one has ever seen God. It is God the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The words, has made him known, is one word in the original language of the New Testament, Koine Greek. The word is the term exegesis. Jesus led God the Father out into the open. This is, or must be, the goal of preaching. When the truth of Scripture is led out into the open, those in attendance are equipped with the challenge to apply truth to life. Much preaching lacks sound exegesis. Even more preaching fails to hold people accountable for the crucial dynamic of applying truth to life. This is where the so what factor becomes vital. The goal of ministry is not merely to gather a crowd. Howard Hendricks taught at Dallas Seminary down in Texas for over 50 years. He spoke at a church pastored by one of his former students. They were engaged at the close of that service in what Hendricks called the quote-unquote glorification of the worm ceremony. Shaking the pastor's hand and hearing the phrase, Oh, pastor, I really enjoyed that message. The former student said, Hey, prof, we had 800 today. To which Hendricks replied, 800 what? He knew and taught that the goal of ministry is to make disciples not merely draw a crowd. So one of the missing ingredients in attractional ministry is the virtual absence of real accountability. All believers, myself included, need two accountability partners to hold me accountable for the application of the content of the message I just preached or just heard. The church needs a functional definition of a disciple and a process for measuring transformation objectively. Absent these two aspects of ministry, preaching is severely truncated. None of us are so noble that we always look in the mirror and diligently seek the application in our lives of what we just heard. So this is where the quote-unquote so what factor in preaching is so vital. So I now turn to a brief review of how to listen to a sermon. And here's what I wrote. The following criteria 
should be clear and present in each sermon. Please become proficient in your grasp of this and listen accordingly. Provide feedback to speakers, affirmation, or constructive criticism as appropriate. Thank you. So here are the points that I developed in this one-page document, How to Listen to a Sermon. The first is purpose. The purpose of preaching is at least twofold. Number one, to worship the true and living God in spirit and in truth. And number two, transformation. Worshippers should gather, I would say must gather, with expectation and depart with a changed heart, which we refer to as applied theology. As they listen, they need to be able to take, and and I would add willing, to take what they've heard and apply it to life Monday through Saturday, not just listening to a message on Sunday. Number two, the text. The speaker must speak from the text. He must announce it, follow it, open the meaning to the listener, and follow the text with unfailing integrity. Number three, proposition. The speaker must tell you what he is going to tell you. He must make clear what the passage says and then faithfully declare what it says with absolute clarity. Number four, outline. The speaker must enable the listener to follow the message by providing a clear path through the text. What is the text declaring? Are there commands? Are there promises? Are there warnings? etc. Number five, exegetical substance. The speaker must lead out into the open. This is the meaning of exegesis, as we just discovered in John one eighteen, for the listener to grasp what the text is saying. The message must come from the text, not stories, humorous tales, personal experiences, etc. These are supplements, but not the main focus of any given passage. Next is summary. The speaker must summarize the message so that the listener departs with clarity regarding what they have just heard. Now, here's where we come to the so what factor. The speaker must deliver the message in such a manner with both passion and integrity so that the listener is compelled by the Holy Spirit to live out what they've heard. Application brings transformation. And then here's the final point, men. Jesus Christ, every, I emphasize every, Every message must bring the listeners face-to-face 
with the person and purpose of Jesus Christ. He is Lord. And then I wrote this at the bottom of this one-page document, instruction to the people that I was pastoring at the time. Keep this document in your Bible. Apply these principles to every message you hear. Pray for the speaker. Ask God to make his word clear to you and ask him to bring unconditional surrender to your heart and life in applying what you've heard. Encourage the man of God. Thank him for bringing to you the bread of life. And by the way, I wrote this article 11 years ago. Thanks for listening. The next podcast, we will present the, quote, Profile of a Healthy Church, end of quote. This consists of 14 characteristics that shape ministry. So in closing, I want to assure you that we pray for each and every pastor that we serve. The Lord is sovereign and nothing that is transpiring is outside of his wise and benevolent lordship. And I say that as I record this, we are in the midst, I think, of week number five in the shutdown of commerce and business here in the state of Alabama. I think our governor today at 11 o'clock is going to announce when uh, business and commerce can open up again. So I say, God's best to you, my brothers. Uh, Press on, honor the Lord, pastor with great joy, and I pray that this will be true for each of you. Thank you for listening. God's best. Bye-bye.